0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Empower with Elizabeth. Um, apologies for my freaking voice, so embarrassing. I sound like a little boy, but I am here with my sweet friend Sierra today, and she is going to talk to us about starting her own nonprofit and her social impact initiative and all of the nonprofit work that she does. So, Sierra, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hey, I'm so excited to be here. My name is Sierra Calicut. I compete in the Miss Arkansas organization. It's going to be my fourth year competing, which is absolutely wild. And then I competed for two years in teens. So I've been around for a while. And I am a law student at the University of Arkansas School of Law. I want to get into poverty reduction work in the legal field. So hopefully working to help survivors of domestic abuse and human trafficking obtain economic justice is kind of the realm I'm looking into after I graduate in two years. And I just moved to Fayetteville, which is where the law school is. And it's been really cool. It's really cold as I'm learning. I went to Tuscaloosa, Alabama for undergrad. And so it was really warm. And I'm literally just now adjusting to the coolness of Fayetteville.
0: I love it. I love it. Yes. Okay, so Sierra, talk about what first got you interested in pageantry.
1: Absolutely. So my mom actually competed in pageantry, which is awesome. So she completely paid for her undergraduate and her master's degree. And she got an undergraduate in dance education and a master's in education. And she went to OCU. So she competed in Oklahoma and in Arkansas because it's her home state. And I remember like, her just wanting to pursue this dream and especially going into like a creative field, there's not a lot of scholarship opportunities. And so she came across the Miss America organization. And ever since I was a kid, I just knew that story of that's how she paid for school. So when it was time for me to come around to start competing, I had already been involved in the organization for forever, watching it every year. Um, I had known a lot of the amazing young women who had done it just because my mom never stopped volunteering and being connected there. So when it was time for me to start looking at colleges, I really wanted to go out of state. And that's very, very expensive. And so I knew I was like, this is kind of my main way that I'm going to be able to pay for it. Especially like, I think we almost kind of graduated the same couple of years at that like realm. That was one of the most competitive uh, range of years in terms of ACT scores and scholarships that college board has like ever seen. I don't know if you knew that, but it's 2019, the year I graduated was like deemed the toughest year of college admissions. So I knew that I was going to have to really like work to make, be able to provide. And that's exactly what happened. I competed in Miss Arkansas's Outstanding teen. And then I was able to pay for all four years of my uh, undergraduate degree at Alabama. And then ever since then, I've been working to pay for my law degree, which has been really awesome. So still
0: working on that. I love it and I don't think we've ever talked about this but your sweet mom was at Miss Texas this yes. morning, and she was so sweet she came out to me and she was like I think you know my daughter and I was like who are you who is your daughter? like potentially I don't know <laughs> but she, then was, she, she says so it and you're like you're her clone like we're literally clones. no literally I was like this makes perfect sense of course um, and then after, after I made top 10, we were backstage, she was like, I'm so proud of you. Like, can I take a picture with you? I was like, of course. She was live texting me.
1: She was, I was like, I knew a couple girls at Texas, but I was like, the main person I know is Liz. I was like, Liz is top priority. Like if she makes top 10, text me immediately because the, the stream was like lagging. So I was like a little behind and my mom was like, Liz is in top 10. And I was like,
0: it was so cool. So sweet. Yeah, she like made my night. She's she's precious. I love her. <laughs> um, okay, so what made you want to turn your CSI, Unite to Fight Poverty, into a nonprofit? Talk about Unite to Fight Poverty, how that kind of originated, and then also talk about the idea that you had to make it a nonprofit.
1: I'm so excited you asked me this question because I feel like I never really talk about this at all. When I was in teen. I feel like I always kind of circled around poverty reduction, but in Teen, my platform actually had to deal with libraries. It was about the um, other services that libraries provide other than just books. So a lot of it had to do with their poverty reduction elements that they provide, like free meals and transportation. Like the Central Arkansas Library System is like a really, really big deal in Arkansas. And they do a lot with their Be Mighty Little Rock programming. And so that was mainly what I did as a teen. So I was always kind of like interested in it. I just didn't really go in depth. So when I started in miss, it was right after the pandemic and so obviously everyone was like re- going through like a really tough time. And all I had done over quarantine was advocate for um developing countries to get the covid vaccine in that took a lot of like political advocacy. So I was like looking at combining all these different elements of what I had been doing over my life and just kind of like putting it essentially into like a life's work type of situation. And so I knew that I wanted to work in poverty reduction. So I started to my poverty as much, just as my CSI for what for like two years, it was just my CSI. But my first year, it was literally just me working on it and United by Poverty. For those who don't know, Liz is our director of advocacy. So, our have, mission- like intro
0: that to begin with, like that's how we know each other. I am on. I'm one of her directors for her CSI. That was a misstep. thing To continue, Liz is a Liz is a queen
1: director of a nonprofit. So we're living. Um. Anyway, <laughs> um. It was literally just me, and our mission statement is that we empower poverty reduction efforts by promoting the power of advocacy. So that is very complicated, but it's actually quite simple. So we essentially just do a lot of advocacy work for existing resources for impoverished individuals and then continue to work to create and provide new resources for them as well and we do that a ton of different ways which I won't get into but mainly at the time it was just me literally being in my bedroom spam emailing members of Congress they were sick of me they were so sick of me they wanted me to shut up um, but I never did so jokes on that <laughs> and then I started talking to people from my high school in my community about like what I was doing when I would see them at like out at lunch or things like that and I got Lily who came on with me and really kind of expand more than there. Lily is our creative director and she really just made United by Poverty a brand and something that everyone felt they could attach to. And so we started to expand past Arkansas and eventually like at the last year of the second year of United by Poverty, we were working in eight states. And so I think when it started to like become something that was interstate, like international, I was like, okay, this needs to be a business or an organization or something to operate better. It was partly a logistical decision because I thought that we needed to have some sort of like glue holding us all together rather than just having like an advocacy initiative. And then the second part of that was there was a lot of things that we wanted to do in terms of fundraising. And we had all these projects that we wanted to do, like the advocacy arsenals, which are what we're working on right now, which is we developed a booklet. I'm so sorry, my granddad just sneezed like it was his absolute job if you heard that downstairs. <laughs> so sorry to the listeners. Poppy had to sneeze. Um <laughs> but the advocacy arsenal are booklets that we provide to young children to teach them how to advocate for themselves and for others. And so we developed that and we were like, we want to be able to provide these to people for free, but we need money to do that. So having that fundraising arm of United Five Poverty has been really, really cool. And that's something we couldn't have done without the nonprofit uh, 501c3 designation. So that was kind of the marker behind my decision. But then also, I feel like it gives most of our this is something we I don't think I've touched on, but. of the people involved in United by Poverty are my age or younger, and I'm 22. So it gives a lot of young people experience working in the nonprofit sector. So that way, like, not only are we helping the community, but I'm helping the people that are working with me be able to have that experience on their resumes, be able to um, have that career networking opportunity in those areas.
0: I love that. I love that, yeah. I mean, I feel like even though I worked with United 5 Poverty for probably like a year and a half now I don't feel like I've like heard you talk about like the ins and outs of like why you chose to do the 501 <laughs> c status even though like I've been helping you with that for, <laughs> for now so it's fun to hear you talk about that but what is the most difficult part that you encountered or the most difficult thing that you encountered in creating okay. the nonprofit or transitioning into 501c3 status?
1: Absolutely. Something I also just really quick remembered that's so special is today is the day a year ago it became a nonprofit, December 19th. It is the official day that it became a nonprofit. And I am going to post it on my Instagram later, but I'm like, it's just so special that we're having this conversation today. I'm tear up. It's so special we're having this conversation today after, I mean, it's just brilliant. Okay. Anyways, I'll answer your question.
0: I'm obsessed with that. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: It was a difficult process. I think just it's not a very accessible one as I was in my senior year of college when I was doing this process and I was applying to law school. So I think figuring out where to start, I literally, this is so stupid, but <clears throat> I did a lot of Googling <laughs> pretty much. And I found a registered agent service and I think that made it a lot more simple. So if there's any young people that are listening that want to start a nonprofit organization, I would recommend going to a registered agent service because they fill out a lot of that uh, paperwork for you. And they remember the signing dates. And that is the biggest thing is like, there's a lot of annual things that you can't forget. (laughs) But honestly, also, I think the most difficult part for me was that we didn't have a physical office space. So traditionally, um, nonprofits, like they pay their members and they have an office space. There's a lot of expenses and United Unified Poverty. Like from the beginning, I made it very clear to everyone that we were not going to pay. It was going to be a volunteer only experience. And I feel strongly about that decision, mainly because of like the way that we operate, the amount of time that we're able to put in mostly as all students. So, and I don't think having a physical office space was necessary given that we're all in like eight different States. So, I feel strongly about that decision, but in terms of like creating a nonprofit, protecting your anonymity is a lot easier if you have an office space. So um, another piece of advice is for everyone to get a who's starting to get a P.O. box. Sometimes some states don't let you have your P.O. box as your principal place of business like for the um, paperwork. But I would try as much as you can to not put your personal home address on there um so that is my main struggle with creating it is like that we don't have this office space and we don't have really that much anonymity besides a po box
0: yeah that's interesting those are things i would have never thought would have been even, like played into a part of it <laughs> okay i want to know what your favorite part of ucfp is mm. you're trying to cause a war here yeah.
1: so you, you anti poverty works in like four different areas and liz is at the top of the advocacy area so i feel like she's trying to get me to pick a favorite and the other three are gonna be upset with me <laughs> united by poverty works in public policy advocacy creative media and wait why am i blanking on the third one or fourth one excuse me
0: Obviously.
1: public policy creative media oh and now we have grants fundraising yes Yeah. Yeah, we just added that. We just added that. That's why I'm like, what is going on? So we do grants fundraising. Um, Honestly, though, and this isn't just because you're here. I would say it's a tie between like public policy and advocacy for me, because a lot of the times it's very like interwoven. Probably my favorite experience that we've had has been the advocacy arsenals, getting to develop that. That was our first project as a whole team. And we sat on Zoom for hours combing over our canva template and really just fine tuning in everyone got everyone got to make a page and so they really felt like it was like theirs it was our first tangible piece of work that we had ever put out and so that was incredibly special. And the way that we use it is like me or Liz or whoever else is in the organization that wants to take them when they go see students. Usually it's like we have a couple pageant girls in the organization. So usually it's like if you're involved in pageantry and you do school appearances, you take them with you like I'm stopping by a Christmas party on Wednesday and I'm just going to take some that I have with me over there. And the kids love it. Like I had something similar when I was a kid, not exactly to this but something similar that basically forced me to sit there and think about myself in a way that I had never thought about it. And I still have it in my diary from that age. I still have that booklet. And so that is probably my favorite thing is like, we are tangibly impacting young people's lives. But then also, I think what makes United Fight Poverty very special is our political advocacy, which of course is limited because we are a 501c3. That was something that um i think i didn't touch on on the difficult part was a big part of my decision was like we were going to have to give up a significant amount of our political advocacy when we became a 501c3 because it's limited by like percentage amount so based on the state it's how much you can use your funds or your time to do political advocacy is limited to a certain percentage of what you do so i knew we were going to have to decrease how much political advocacy we were doing and that was something that i had to like sit and grapple with for a while But I think the way that we go about it now is perhaps better because we're more focused and targeted. We know we only have a certain amount of time, a certain amount of things we're allowed to do. So we really focus on things that not only we feel are important, but are also feasible. So something we're doing right now that's like our main focus politically, which I'm very excited about, is we're working on getting the tampon tax. um, I guess the best word is repealed. I'll explain more in a second. In Arkansas. And we have a member that is basically spearheading this movement because she's the director of a different organization called Arkansas Period Poverty Project, Ms. Shani Jackson, and we love her so much. So, so, so proud of her. But it's been so great that she's working on Unified Poverty as well. So we get to combine those efforts and help each other out. But essentially in Arkansas, I'll, I'll make this really brief. Period products are taxed as a luxury good and not a necessity. So legislators can designate what they think is a necessity by allowing it to be taxed or not. Um, And so period products are taxed in Arkansas and beer kegs are not taxed in Arkansas. They're deemed a necessity and not a luxury good, which is so crazy to me. But that is the reality that we're dealing with. There's tons of these funny little, and you can see it on their Instagram, they always have this list of like funny things that are necessities and period products are not. So the organization that Shani is working with is proposing a ballot initiative for November 2024 for residents of Arkansas who can vote to be able to vote on if the tampon tax should be repealed by saying like, I don't think that period products should be taxed as a luxury, but, Yeah, which is very cool.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I've never, I never <laughs> heard that beer keg fact. That's ridiculous. And it's crazy. Commentary on our society, but we won't get it. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, final question. If you could give one piece of advice to a title holder wanting to expand on their CSI, whether that be in the nonprofit sector or in a different way, what would your piece of advice be? The
1: best thing that I think that I did and continue to do that makes United High Poverty successful is allowing yourself time to dream big. You're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, what in my wildest dreams could I make happen? So for me, there's a bill and you know this, I've been trying to get this bill passed forever. It is the hunger-free campus bill. If any legislators are listening, please reach out to me because I want this bill passed so badly. I've been trying to get this bill passed forever. So, in my perfect world, I'm dreaming big. When I first decided that I wanted to make it a nonprofit, I literally sat down and said to myself, like, visualize what it looks like as a nonprofit. So, using that, like, putting yourself in the position of someone who's already has an expanded CSI in whatever way that they're doing, if they're making it a nonprofit or if they want to. Deliver their children's book to all counties in their state, something like that. I think the best way to go about it is to pretend that you've already done it and be like, How did I get here? Like putting yourself in your future self's shoes and visualizing what that is like. So, to be really specific, for me, something I did at the beginning of last year, because that was our really, this is our first year as a nonprofit. So, this was our first full year. The beginning of last year, I thought to myself, like, what does each month look like? And that's something that we have done through United High Poverty is we focused on one thing a month. And so I think I would say dream big and be but be targeted and specific about what you want to do and make sure everything connects for a reason I think a lot of the times when we're doing stuff for our CSIs, we're just thinking, okay, this is going to look good on social media or this is going to look good as a bullet point on my community service fact sheet or whatever it's called now. And I think we can get caught up in that and then we burn ourselves out going to everything and doing everything And I think it is important to be out in your community and it's important to volunteer, but when you have big projects, you need to make sure that it's something that's meaningful to you and that you've put a lot of time and effort into to really make the biggest impact you can with the small amount of time that we're given.
0: I love that. Yeah, that answer reminds me of that quote. That's like, if your dreams don't scare you a little bit, then you're not dreaming big enough. I think that's- Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean like that's like what I've lived by for like the last half of this year. Um, so I love that. Thank you so much here for coming on and chatting with me about UTFP and all the amazing things absolutely. you're doing. You know, Miss Arkansas and law school and life in general. Um, yeah, I feel like I learned so much about starting a 501c3 and I don't think I could do it. So I'm just impressed. Oh, I think
1: you could. You absolutely could. Liz. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it sounds hard. No, you got it. You can do it. Thank you so much for coming on and I will see you guys next time. Bye y'all.